Om Namo Narayanaya Jai Swami Narayan. Will you please join me in chanting Om Shri Sharanam Mamaha seven times? Om Shri Sharanam Mamaha. 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 May Lord Krishna bless this show today and the words that come out of my mouth. Thank you all for joining me. We are continuing our Spiritual Seekers class today, which is based on the Vachanam roots, the spiritual talks of Swami Narayan. The course is following a order of readings from this book as created by Gunatitanan Swami, a disciple of Sri Swami Narayan. When Gunatitanan Swami was asked by a couple students, what is the path to achieving enlightenment or greatness or what can we do? And he gave them an order of readings bit by bit, each one building upon the previous one. And that's what we're doing. We're following it along. I'm going to adjust my light. Some days I can get it really good. There we go. That's a little better. It has like three settings and depending upon the window and the light and other things, <laughs> it can be good. And then I start the show and it's not. Anyways, we're following this course of readings in the Vacham root. And today I was going to go on to the next reading, but I saw something on Facebook. <laughs> that could be very dangerous if you've seen this show before. But I saw something on Facebook and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I was thinking about it. And then the next day I was reading just for myself from the Vachanam root. And that comment came back in my head. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I started pondering it, and I realized that this comment that I had put on this forum I'm on absolutely tied into our previous Spiritual Seekers class. Also, it segues into what is coming next. I won't give any spoilers away. So I wanted to share that comment today because it's sort of a real-world example of what we talked about in the last two classes and it's just nice to revisit those classes because it's been a few weeks before moving on. So this is a forum of Indian, Hindu, Vaishnavas, non-Hindu folks, Sanatana Dharma, many folks. I think most of them are in India or in that part of the world, an array of different things. And someone put a post on there that just... Let's say I almost wanted to do this show last week when I first saw the post because it just kept going into my head and going into my head and going in my head. Let me bring your attention to the post this way. 
So in our last Spiritual Seekers course, we talked about bad outside influences, things which can mess up our life, mess up our spirituality, delve us into bad places and bad habits. I'm pretty sure most folks who watch me, most folks who watch my channel are actually pretty intelligent. Uh, you're probably way smarter on a ton of stuff than I am, and I should just be humble that you're here. Uh, I know I have many scholars of different religions out in my audience. I have spiritual seekers. I have folks from all over the world. About half my audience on all my forums is in, in, is in the part of um, the Indian subcontinent, areas of India, outside of India, you know. And uh, you're all very smart people. And you likely know not to hang out with drug addicts, not to hang out with bad people, not to hang out with this person who will get you hooked on marijuana to your detriment, uh, not to hang out with thieves who are like, yeah, come along with us when we rob the bank. You know better than to do that. We all learn that when we're like five years old. Our sense of perspective often is destroyed, and we then hang out with those people when we mess our lives up. But we all know to avoid people. We all know that temptation is really, really strong. If you watch porn five days a week, you know you're liable to be watching it before long, six days a week, seven days a week. This is just human nature. It takes a very strong person to stand up against those things. I speak from experience living with folks who really pulled me down and I just pushed away from a lot of bad things that they were doing, but it also messed me up on other levels. So we know this. This comment, though, drew my attention to something which is an outside influence, which is probably a greater temptation, a greater threat than any of the things I've just mentioned. It's, well, I bet most of us are not tempted by drugs on a daily basis. And I mean heroin or crack or whatever's out on the street these days. Most of us probably are not tempted by that. We're not around drug addicts. Most of us are probably not ever going to be tempted to rob a bank because most of our friends are probably not bank robbers. But there is something in society, and it's gotten worse and worse across the globe that is a threat to all of us. And we may not actually see it as an outside influence. It is. It's 100% an influence, outside influence. And we may not see it as a threat to us because, oh, it's just, you know, whatever people are being people. But I, when I tell this to you and when you think about it, you're going to realize that this is, this is bad. This is a threat that we must be on top of. And that is people who make us angry. And, and related things that make us angry. How often do you hear someone say, I stay off Facebook or YouTube or whatever. I don't watch anything political because it makes me so angry. You've probably heard that far more often than you've heard someone say, yes, I'm trying not to rob a bank this month. <laughs> I should get some more examples. That was kind of silly. But how often do you watch the news and you're like, oh, these stupid politicians, 
if you're like some folks quite regularly, <laughs> how often do you read a blog by someone on politics and you just swear that that person is so angry? Quite, quite frequently. How often do you see people going around who just seem to be angry? Angry at life, angry at people, angry at things. Anger seems to be the common modality for most of us these days. Anger seems to be our home base, I swear. So many people live in a state of anger. Everything makes them angry. I was listening to this girl online. I remember about a year ago, she was, um, sorry, I had an itch there. Now I messed up my D-luck. Uh, she uh, was a woke progressive activist. She considered herself part of Antifa. And she says in this interview before she left all that, I went to bed every night angry at someone, something or somewhere. Every night I was angry. And she goes, I would wake up angry and I would go to work angry because someone probably pissed me off on the way to work. And she goes, it was exhausting. Well, this comment, to go back to the origin of this whole show, someone wrote, and I think this guy is somewhere in India or Bangladesh or somewhere around there. He goes, I meet these Muslims and Christians who think Sanatana Dharma is just a myth and a lie, and it makes me so angry. And further in the comments, he said that it just makes him angry all day and he can't stop thinking about this. And when I saw that, of course, I was like pretty much everybody else in this forum going, well, you should do this and try meditating and try chanting Hare Krishna and try praying or trying doing this. And then, as I said, the next day I was reading something from the Vakshanam wrote and I'm like, no, it's. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than just giving advice on how not to be angry. This is a real issue. Sri Swaminarayan says, being angry can actually stop your spiritual growth in its tracks. Actually, I, I, I'm blanking on the word he uses, but it can actually pull you backwards. It can destroy all the merit you've built up. That's how bad anger is. And we see so many people out there angry in this world that of all the outside influences I talked about in the last spiritual seekers class, I realize now I failed to mention those who make us angry and those things that make us angry, because that might be the biggest threat to most of our lives. I know personally, um, there was a while, I it was a couple years ago where I kind of stayed off YouTube on the weekends because I would get on YouTube and I would get lost in these videos and political stuff and I watch a lot of news and it would get me frustrated like I was during the week. So I had to get off of that on the weekend to not get angry, not to waste two or three hours either. And I actually don't do Facebook at home on the weekends. I deliberately don't have it on my home computer because sometimes I'll get into some forum and oh, this pisses me off. And I've been on forums where everyone's just like arguing with each other. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be a part of this because at the end of the day, it just makes me angry. And what's the point? What's the point? It makes me frustrated. It ruins the moment. And 
this conversation may last for five minutes on Facebook, but I'm angry for five or six hours and I can't stop thinking about it. And they've won. They've ruined my day. This person has has defeated me because they've taken over my mind. I see so many people who are like that. They get angry and hours later, they're still angry over a very trivial incident, which to me makes anger the number one enemy, the number one bad outside influence to our spiritual growth. Getting angry and being angry and staying angry hurts us really badly. And this fellow on um, Facebook, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm just angry, angry all the time. And I can't even focus to read my book because I read it and I think of these people and these Muslims and why do they do this and whatever. And so it ruins his spirituality. And it just kind of hit me I was like, oh, my gosh, that is that is the threat that we need to look for. Swami Narayan says in the Vaksham Namrut that he gives the example. He's sitting with a lot of his students and talking to them. And he says, anger is like this. He goes, if one poisonous snake, just one, not a hundred, not 50, just one, shows up right here in the midst of where we are sitting, all of us are going to run away. We are all threatened by that one snake. And it will ruin the day. It will end the talk. And he goes, maybe tomorrow, who knows what? You know, Swami Narayan could leave town. That talk will never be finished. All it takes is one snake to destroy an entire gathering. And that is anger. A little bit of anger, just a little bit, can destroy everything. We see big examples uh, with people who end up doing some really stupid things and find themselves sitting in jail or talking to the police or going to court uh, because they just can't control the anger and it only took one minute. I have a friend who almost ended up in jail because some woman was saying something to him and he lashed out at her and pushed her and she called the cops. 30 seconds of that interaction. He just couldn't control himself. And that was it. He was sitting in front of a judge multiple times and on probation and paying fines and had to move. He was in state housing, so he had to move to a new place for 30 seconds where he just couldn't control himself. So that begs the question, how do we control ourselves? What do we do when these Muslims tell you Sanatana Dharma is a lie? There's no easy answer to that because there's as many shades to how to control your anger as there is forms of anger. <laughs> there's no band-aid that will solve all problems. I do not believe sitting here and going, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, blah, 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 will solve your problem no matter what. Yes, maybe if someone says to you, Sanatana Dharma is a lie and you're all losers and they walk away, you can sit here and chant, Om Shri Baba, blah, and you'll be fine. But that's a far different situation than, let's say, somebody breaks into your apartment and rapes your wife and you have to watch. Just chanting will not get rid of that anger and that situation. There is no band-aid for any of this. And that, <laughs> that's the sorry answer 
But that is actually the testing ground for everything you believe and everything you know. Because I had a, um, uh, a Zen teacher say to me 20 years ago, when I spent a summer practicing or learning about Zen, really, at the San Francisco Zen Center, where I was meditating at 4 a.m. And, and doing different things and learning about Buddhism and why it just wasn't my path, <laughs> the, the teacher said, Zen isn't when we all go into the um, Zendo in the morning and we're meditating for two hours silently. That's not Zen. She goes, Zen is when you stand up and then you have to go to work. That's when it starts. Zen starts when you have to engage with the world, not sitting there with the birds chirping outside and just being silent. That's not it. And I always remembered that. It was one of the few great lessons. And I was young and naive and didn't know anything. And I was like, oh, man, you're right. It's in those times of trouble, that's when our spirituality is turned on. That's when it means something like, oh, you know, I'm going to be angry. How am I going to respond to this? Am I going to lash out at someone and try to strangle them like my friend did? Or am I going to regroup and think of Krishna? What am I going to do? Am I just going to stop and examine my actions? And that's it. I'm not going to think about Krishna or anything. I'm just going to stop. What am I going to do? That's when our training kicks in. That's when our religious values are really put into practice, is in the times of trouble. I think of John Cage, the classical music composer, who said when he was a young man, he was very much an angry young man. He was angry at the world. He was angry at people. He was angry at the uh, establishment, the government, you name it. He was angry at anything, anyone, anytime. And he never could really control his anger. But he discovered at some point, I don't know how he came to this discovery, uh, Zen Buddhism. And he practiced it until the day he died. And he goes, discovering Zen Buddhism ended my anger. He goes, yes, I still got angry. Things still made me angry. Of course, the world is full of frustrations. But he goes, I learned how to examine myself. I learned how to stop my actions. I learned how to control my emotions. And I learned how... I would have a moment of anger and then it just stops. It wouldn't destroy my day. I always thought that was very interesting. Religion, religion helped him not be angry. So my friend who almost strangled a woman, he pushed her and almost strangled her because she just insulted him, really. He's a very angry person. I say friend, but really he's an acquaintance because I have to keep him far away because he's such an angry person that I don't know what will trigger him. And he doesn't know where I live. And I know that he gets pissed off at everybody. And I worry, like, if he knew where I lived, would he show up at my door pissed off at me for whatever? So he doesn't have any real religion. He just, I don't know, he bounces around from here to there. Whatever he sees on Facebook, honestly, is his religion of the day. So it was like two years ago, he ended up in court. So the way he has handled that is so he doesn't work he lives in state housing lives on welfare and 
he lives from what I could get from his emails every few months. He never leaves his house. He lives in a sense of isolation. He just literally never leaves except to do laundry or to go grocery shopping. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't do anything. He literally lives in isolation. And every time I email him or we talk for whatever reason, it doesn't take much before he starts talking about this person and this person and this person. And I'm so pissed at that person. And that person pisses me off. Because all he does is think about this stuff all day long. I know for a fact. He's told me. He watches porn and he thinks about all these horrible people. That's how he deals with his anger. He just makes it fester and fester and fester. Actually, it's so bad that he wrote a, a biography recently. It's like a 120-page biography you can get on Amazon. I bought it to make sure my name wasn't in it. <laughs> all it is is 120 pages of him talking about how everyone he knows is horrible, giving them names and details, and this lawyer, she's a piece of horrible, whatever, blah, blah. And that judge should die, and that's a horrible person. And I don't know why my sister thinks I'm a horrible person. I'm so much better than her. And he just goes on and rips everybody he knows apart. I And he literally talks about how I'm an enlightened being, and I'm so calm and collected, and, and I'm this. All the book is is a lawsuit waiting to happen for slander. <laughs> If anyone knew about the book, no one will. He's a nobody. But that was how he dealt with his anger, by basically being angry at everybody. You compare that to John Cage, who found religion, found something greater than himself that gave his life meaning that even his music couldn't do for him. And I believe, actually, he was also an expert in mushrooms. Uh, and beyond science, Buddha and Buddhism and Zen Buddhism gave his life meaning, something greater than him, and he was able to learn how to deal with the world. So I just thought that was so interesting, this comment about how my life is taken over by anger. And it made me think about how big of an influence anger is in our lives and how much of our lives are run by anger. I ask you, how often are you angry? My friend here, the, the, the isolated one, actually wrote me an email once and he goes, how do you not get angry at someone every day? And I honestly, when I, I don't, <laughs> I don't really get angry. I get angry. Of course we all do. I get frustrated with things, but really, really angry. I can't think the last time I was really, really angry. It's been a few years. And that was due to someone who really hurt me, economically, physically, whatever, and wouldn't stop hurting me. And uh, But anger is usually it's just frustration, and it happens, and it goes away. And my solution, I have traditionally taken walks, or I go out to eat. Um, I'll take my book. I'll go out to a restaurant. Everyone knows which one I go to. I, you know, you can come and see me, or, or I'll go out for a walk. Uh and that's how I always traditionally dealt with it. And that was always very successful for me. I get away, I use my body, and then it, and it just vanishes away. But anger, I think, as I said, might be the number one threat, the number one bad outside influence. How often do you read Facebook or look on YouTube or BitChute or Rumble or 
watch the news or newspaper or talk to friends and you walk away angry. Yet, I don't know, we haven't quite given it the same place in the hierarchy of bad influences as we have like drugs and having affairs and watching porn. But really, those who make us angry might be the number one threat to our spirituality. There's more I could say on this, but I just wanted to share this little insight into anger. It just seems so like, you know, it just, I don't know. It was just a powerful thought that I kept thinking about all week and thinking about it. I was like, I have to talk about this. In the next Spiritual Seekers class, we will go on to the next bit of reading. And it actually is taking the idea of bad influences and moving it to the next step. So look forward to that class in a few weeks. I'm going to be ending the show here. I've said my piece <laughs> and there's no more that I feel I can contribute, but I welcome you to start a conversation below with me after the fact, please do. And uh, yeah, thank you for watching. For whatever reason you may be here, for whatever thing you may get from whatever I say, we're in this together. I'm your cheerleader and I support you and we're doing this together. So thank you. All the best in your spiritual journey. Jai Shri Krishna. Jai Shri Swami Narayan. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.